Okay, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Beyond the Cover. I am one of your hosts, John Robb, joined here by my ever-fabulous co-host, Jeff Ayers. Jeff, how are you doing? Doing fabulous. How's it going? Wonderful. We've got a great show today. Going back to a little cozy mystery style, uh, we're going to be talking to New York Times bestselling author Jen McClinley, I believe. McClinley? McKinley. McKinley. So Jen McKinley for her book called Word to the Wise. It's a library lover's mystery. It's book four in the series. Um, but uh, no, 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 no. Oh, well, it's um, it's book ten. Oh, it's book ten. My, fa- I was looking at the wrong thing. This is book ten in the Library Lovers series. Oof, That's right. She is busy, isn't she? With five <laughs> books coming out this year, it's going to be wonderful. So, yeah. uh, want to remind everybody that all of our uh, shows are brought to you by Kensington Books. So please make sure you visit kensingtonbooks.com for more information on their authors and their new releases. Are you ready to hit it? Let's do it. Here we go, everybody. So, Jen McClendley, and take it away. Okay, everybody. Well, we are so pleased to be uh, joined here by author Jen McKinley, and the book is called Word to the Wise. It is book 10 in a library lover's mystery series. Jeff and I are so pleased to have you, Jen. Thanks so much for coming on. How are you doing? Great. Thanks for inviting me. Oh, awesome. So, like I said, this is book 10 in your Library Lovers Mystery Series. It's called Word to the Wise. The book comes out on September the 3rd. So when you're listening to this interview, uh, the book will probably be out. We'll play this a little after so you can go buy it in whatever format you want to buy it in. It's available. So, Jen, give us the inside scoop about what you got going on here now in Book 10. Wow. I, well, first of all, it's shocking to be at Book 10. Um, I think whenever you sell a series, you kind of expect it to die at any moment. I really didn't think this one would go further than three books, but um, I'm psyched. Ten books. So that's solid. This one, um, I was a librarian part-time pretty much for 22 years in a lot of different libraries. So I did corporate, I did uh, nonprofit, I did public mostly. And working with the public, you know, that's a lot of material. You know, <laughs> oh, I hear that. For killing. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Um, so I never really ran out of plots, which is great. That's why I think why we're at book 10. But one of the things that uh, happened to me when I was working was I, I had a stalker. And it was awful because you're in a public place. And unfortunately for me, I had an administration that was kind of like, well, we're more worried about his ability to come into the library than your safety at work. <laughs> So this was kind of like I had to uh, kind of go back and revisit, you know, some old uh, grudges, I guess. And uh, I got to work it out, so that was kind of cool. But, yeah, the whole book is pretty much um, not autobiographical, but it was very much like when you're sitting on a reference desk in a public facility and there's no place to hide and someone has you in their sights, like, what do you do? You're giving me flashbacks to my day job here. Uh I'm sorry. Seriously. <laughs> no, it's okay. So you're saying you're saying essentially that every book in the series you've killed the stalker. Um, well, just the book ten is the only one that's really stalking, but other ones it's um we have uh, patrons who are hoarders. <laughs> so each book has its own little, you know. I think I had treasure hunters in one book because anybody who's worked in the public you get those people who will, you know. I found this stock certificate in Grandma's attic. I'm sure I'm going to be a billionaire. And you're like, yeah, no, that's not going to happen. But So 
patrons of have really driven the series, you know, all the different interactions I've had with, you know, the variety of folk who come into the library. <laughs> oh, no, I, I totally get that. Um, so, curious, um, how did Lindsay originate? Is Lindsay you, or is Lindsay someone you worked with? Uh, Lindsay's a much, much better me, <laughs> as, as most protagonists are. Um, she, I went to library school at Southern Connecticut State University, and it's a pretty, um, I don't want to say small, but it's a, it's a well, it's a small program. Um, Lindsay, I think, is a composite of everyone I kind of went to school with. It's like we had the people who knew they were going to be corporate librarians and then people who really just wanted to be children's librarians. And her story, um, she starts out as, because when I was in library school, what I really wanted to do was be an archivist, you know, get into the rare books and, and you know, the cool stuff. Yeah. And I did a tour of duty at Beinecke at Yale and just, you know, illuminated manuscripts, you know, Shakespeare folios, what's not to love? So her story kind of started where my love of libraries started, which was really in the rare book thing. But, you know, budget cuts, and there's not a lot of jobs in that. So she ends up uh, rolling into being director of a public library, which is pretty much how I went, too. I was, you know, the research librarian for the botanical garden, and then I ended up at the public library because, you know, it's a journey. (laughs) (laughs) From what Jeff says, it's more like a nightmare journey. (laughs) It can be. (laughs) He he hears all my stories. (laughs) Uh, I hear all the stories. I I love the stories of the library. There's nothing better than a good than a than a good library story sometimes. Oh, it's true. Totally true. And I think, like, um, second only to the airport, people watching is fantastic at the public library. Oh, I, I agree with that. Oh, that yeah. Well, you know what? That and state fairs. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Actually, that caps out the library. Yeah, can't can't forget yeah. state fairs. That's where all the crazies you are. You throw in you throw in an onion blossom or a giant turkey leg, and yeah, it's, it, mm-hmm. they win. That fry something on a stick, walk around with the plumber's crack. That's that's state fair right there. Can't be beat. <laughs> so, in word to the wise, uh, now that you kind of are, you know, now that you are in book ten, were, did you want to do something a little different? Uh, was this maybe some time where you decided, hey, I want to you know, work a little bit more on scene, I'm going to work a little bit more on dialogue. Did you have a little bit more complex mystery? Was, were, were readers notice a little bit different, uh, Jen McClendley, when they pick up this book? Um, maybe. I mean, for me, what's consistent, hopefully, is uh, the humor. No matter what genre I'm writing in, I try to make the comedy, you know, first and foremost, because, you know, life is hard. So that'll still be there. But I think with this one in particular, it's, you know, when you've been with characters for so long, um, this one I think probably has a little bit darker element to it. You know, traditional mysteries or cozy mysteries, whatever you want to call them, tend to be um, nice, (laughs) for lack of a better word. You know, uh, but this one, it's, you know, it's a little unsettling because, you know, stalking is, you know, unsettling. So I think uh, that's probably, and it, it may be that the series keeps getting a little bit darker. It's like maybe this will be my opportunity to cut my teeth and, you know, into thriller land, but we'll see. So much of the publisher has a lot of say about how far you can go. Well, I, I'm guessing you've had talks with your agent about, uh, hey, I want to do a thriller someday, and she's all, she or he's all good with that? 
No, they're more like, no, mm-mm, no, that's uh, not your voice, and that market's really crowded, and girls can't break in. <laughs> so you sit there and say, well, if I change my name to Tonom, yeah. oh, well, thank you. You're hired. But, uh, yeah, no, it's, it's, it, it is it's so much of publishing is market-driven, you know, and for me it's uh, – it's kind of why, I've, like, next year I'll be rolling into women's fiction because, you know, I'm always kind of looking for the – well, I mean, I got into writing through the back door, so I'm always looking for the side exit. <laughs> like, what else can I do that they won't notice and push me back? <laughs> exactly. Well, well, talk a bit about that. How did you get into writing? Um, well, I way, way back in the beginning, beginning, it was like uh, I saw the movie Romancing the Stone, which was oh, hilarious and awesome. I love that right? movie. <laughs> I know, best movie ever. And I was like 16, and I was already working as a page in my library, and I loved books, obviously, book nerd. And But that was the first time I realized, like, writing was a job. And I was like, I want that job. <laughs> that looks cool. So the dream began, and I didn't do anything with it, and I studied books, and I went to library school, and um, was happy there, you know, working at libraries and stuff. And then I started writing, and of course, because Romancing the Stone had been kind of like the idea, I thought, well, I'll, I'll write romance, because that's obviously easy. Well, if you're not good at it, it's not that easy. <laughs> So I did finally, I think I wrote a romantic comedy, and I got picked up by Harlequin, and, you know, they offered, like, three books or something. So I wrote three books for them, all just little short romantic comedies, and then they fired me. But I'm kind of dumb, and when they fired me, I didn't realize it. So I kept submitting, and then finally they were like, dude, <laughs> go away. So how did they fire it. you? What did they say? They just, I mean, they didn't say anything, or they just... Yeah, kind of after I kept submitting, they were kind of like, you know, you, you could stop submitting now. That, that'd be okay with us. Oh, my God. So you have all these romantic suspense. You, so you have all these romantic humor stories just packed away somewhere that you kept writing, and then they just said no to. Exactly. Yeah, there's like a whole drawer full. It's wow. just so sad. Interesting. Oh, man. Well, but then, the good thing but, about getting fired was then I was like, well, pff, I'm going to write a mystery. I'm going to do some killing, you know. And then exactly. that was apparently my, my niche. <laughs> Yeah. Awesome. So now, in this world of of mystery, you have quite a bit. Uh, you you have more than just one one mystery line. You got the cupcake base series, and you know the library lovers, of course, London Hat Shop mysteries. How are they all a little mm-hmm. bit different? Um, I think because their worlds are so different. You know, the library one is probably. Um, not to offend my other series, but it's probably the smarter one because it's books and, you know, you can talk about rare books and you can do historical stuff. And then Cupcake Bakery, I didn't think that one would last more than three books either, and I think I'm writing number 12 right now, so who knew? Um, And that one's totally slapstick. It's ridiculous because Cupcakes and Death is, you know, silly. (laughs) So that one's kind of that and then London I just really wanted a vacation in London so whatever Um, I made it work and the only the difference with that one is uh, the characters are a little bit younger but also it's the only one I've ever written in first person which from what I hear from the readers like some readers really like the first person I guess they find it more accessible all the murder she wrote are kind of done that way too yeah yeah they like that first person like you're really in the you know, amateur sleuth's head when it's first person. And, again, right. it's the comedy because she's kind of a wise wise acre there. Mm-hmm. 
Well, you have all these series going, and now you're doing some romantic series as well. How fast can you write? <laughs> fast as the checks will come. <laughs> I mean, damn. No, I'm kidding. Not really. Um, <laughs> it, the romance thing was kind of ridiculous because I... I don't know if you guys heard about it. You probably did because obviously you interview a lot of writers. But there was a purge, you know, kind of like the horror movie purge of traditional mystery writers a few years ago. Yep. It's like we were all at one publisher and then a hundred of us were gone. And nobody knew who was going to be next. So I freaked out, as, you know, a person does. And I went into my, I went to New York and I went to visit my editor and we were sitting in her office and I said, okay, what's going on? And she's like, everything's fine. It's never fine when they say it's fine. <laughs> so I looked at her and I said, okay, fine. Well, I'll let that go. Um, and I don't believe you, but um, what else can I do? And she looked at her bookshelves and, oh, the irony. You know, she pulled out like 10 romantic comedies and pushed them at me and she said, you can do that. And I was thinking to myself, yeah, that's what got me fired the first time, but okay. And I said, all right, I'm in. So I started writing the romantic comedies, but then... Um, that market, uh, the mass market romance is, um, I don't know how to describe it. It's Dead. really competitive with the indie, you know, like the indie authors are really kind of owning that market right now. So a lot of the uh, authors who've always had a stronghold in mass market romance are kind of trying to find new footing, and a lot of them are going to women's fiction. So that's, I got the hard shove to the back into women's fiction also, so I'm like, okay, we'll try that. So I think it's just being flexible. And um, as to, I write. Stephen King says you should write um, one book per season, or your book should only take a season to write. I think that's probably what he said. Like your book should only take a season to write, and then he probably thought you should edit it for the other three seasons. But I was like, who dang? I'll just write one book a season. So I write like four books a year, and we'll just blame it on him. <laughs> well, I was going to say, you have five books coming out in 2019. Yeah, that was a freak year. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> How do you keep all of the various series, the characters, all the little nuances of all the worlds you've built and the settings, how do you keep that all straight? I really wish I could say I was one of those super organized authors who had a Bible and consulted it, but I, I have no idea. I uh, I think it's um, the worlds are different enough that when I'm in them, I remember mostly. And I've only been busted a couple of times. You know, a few times I've used the wrong character name, and a couple of times I've, you know, kind of forgotten the plot. Don't you love fans? <laughs> fans yeah, will call you out for everything. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you make it. And what's funny to me is I don't really have, I think there was a huge, what was it, a controversy where a woman in um, South America was cutting and pasting from all these, like, big name authors. One of them was Nora Roberts, and I think she went after her. But while she was doing that, it was a reader who actually caught it. Like, wait a minute, I've read this before, and I wish I was that kind of reader, but I'm just not, you know? So I do need, like copy editors and editors and and readers to call me out. But mostly I've been pretty lucky. I think it is just because the worlds are also very distinctive, at least for me in my head so far. <laughs> cool. Yeah. I, I mean, and that is a, I mean, that is a difficult thing to do because you do have so many characters and you have so much stuff going on that, you know what, if you have a mistake now and then, I mean, things do kind of happen. But 
I, that's a lot. That's a lot of worlds. I, do you have a world that, you know, you – is it like when you change, you know, books and you're changing things? Is it like a palate cleansing kind of thing? Is it like, okay, now I get to go to this world and then I kind of get to go to this? Because it does lend you to be able to change rapidly instead of staying with one character, one series the entire time, and you like never get out of that. Yes, I think you just totally nailed it, at least for me. It is a, absolutely a palate cleanser. I mean, it's, it's fun to go from... Um, you know, like Word to the Wise comes out in September, and that one's stalking, and it's the library, and, you know, it's a little bit more thriller than I usually write, or at least unsettling. And then the next month I have a romantic comedy coming out, and it's, you know, a guy who loves Christmas and a woman who hates Christmas. He wears Christmas sweaters, and she hates <laughs> So it was able to roll into, you know, romantic comedy about the holiday. And then, and then in January, it's like the next hat shop will come out, and I set that one around a dog show because, you know, corgis are cute. So, it's, you know, yeah, each one is so very different, and it kind of clears away the cobwebs of the last book. Absolutely. Well, you bring up a question I have, which is your stuff would fit perfectly on Hallmark. You know, they do, you know, 10,000 Christmas movies a week. They have all these great <laughs> mystery series. Do you have um, film or TV in the future? Uh, you know, it's weird. There's, a, there's always, as my, my very brilliant agent says, she said, yes, when Hollywood calls, you should just lie down until the feeling passes. <laughs> Wow. Which I love because they call all the time. You know, it's like I've probably been called on the Cupcake series like five times. But the person who calls will be like, okay, we're really excited. And, you know, Hollywood is amazing. They can make you feel so good about yourself. <laughs> it's truly incredible. And then, you know, they'll take all your stuff. And then two weeks later, they're like, yeah, they already kind of have a cooking thing happening. So, you know, we're going to wait. But thanks. You know, and they're gone. So you're like, okay, whatever. I kind of feel like... um when it hits, it hits. If it hits, if ever, it may not. I mean, there's a lot of books I look at like, this should be a movie. It'd be better as a movie. And I don't say that about very many books. And then that book never becomes a movie. So I, you know, I don't know what's going on there. But I certainly okay. wouldn't say no. Do you watch a lot of mysteries? Do you watch a lot of those, like, whodunits? I do, but I'm more of, like, a, an acorn kind of girl. Like, I really oh, love okay. all the British ones, you know? I watch, the, like, all the Inspector Lewis's and Luther and, you know, Broadchurch, all that I never stuff. Got, we love those. A, that's the channel, right? Acorn is the channel. Yeah, I think Acorn's the one that's always streaming the good. And I don't know why I like the British ones better. It's not, you know what I mean? It's just, maybe it's the accent. No. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I know, they... You know, British mysteries like that tend to have a little bit more grit, I think, than the American ones, and maybe that's why they're a little bit more uh, intriguing, because I agree, I like more of the British kind of shows like that, you know, with the Perros and the Miss Jane Marples, and, and the, they just seem right. to be a little bit more gritty and a little bit more into it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what it is. Like, I kind of feel like... America, the American, you know, TV, just, it just doesn't capture it the same. I don't know. It, no. There's just something, I don't yeah. know, maybe we you all know, Lifetime, smart Lifetime puts them on. Yeah, you know, they put on the garage sale mysteries. Oh, sorry, too soon, not there anymore. But, you know, they do like the cupcake <laughs> ones and, and the other ones like that. But, yeah, they, but, but they're kind of cutesy. They don't really have that, you know, that, that gritty thing. And I do like... Um, like you said, like Inspector Lewis and Murdoch Mysteries and those, but they all they do. They all tend to be British in some way. 
Exactly. Yeah, I don't know why, yeah. but I really enjoy those. I don't those. know. Yeah. I don't know. I don't get it. I don't get it. But I mean, so you're sticking with you know you're going to be sticking with mysteries here here for a while. But um, are you just gonna are, you're not going to start any more series though, right? Um, I never say oh. never. I mean, yeah, <laughs> like I don't know. But is it up I to you? I also feel like. Uh, I don't know. I mean, kind of, um, because I think the series, but I'm very fortunate that my series were super strong. And I mean, even with the hat shop, we kind of took a hiatus from it when they did the, the purge. And then they came back and said, hey, you know, how about another one? And I was like, sure. So I don't know if I really need to come up with a new series, but I also feel very strongly that a series uh, shouldn't go on forever. Like I have a, I have um a problem with amateur sleuths where it's like a pregnant woman or a mom or, you know, the yarn store can really only have so many deaths or, you know what I mean? And like with the cupcake one, I kind hmm. of, I kind of feel like I pushed the envelope there. <laughs> yeah. I never thought it would go to 12, but in the back of my head, I was always like, you know, a baker's dozen would be really a sweet way to end it. Like a solid series, you know, and done and boom. But with the library one, just because of the setting, and I wrote the protagonist specifically to be someone who doesn't want to have children. I mean, she works in a setting where you actually could be an amateur. So, I mean, as we know, the library gives you a lot of material. So I felt yep. like that one was the the shortest reach for a, a cozy series. But Cupcake is totally, um, it only can go so far. And even the hat shop. I mean, really? Hats and dead people? Come on. <laughs> I can only take it so far. So I don't, I don't know. I mean, it's, I'm always kind of, you know, open to whatever. I, the other thing I kind of feel like, too, is the possibility of a spinoff. There are side characters, particularly yeah. in the Cupcake series. There's a, a young sous chef guy, Oz, and, and he cracks me up, and I'm thinking, you know, well, this could be, we could roll sideways on it. But I don't know. I mean, I don't know if the readers will follow you. I don't know if the publisher would go for it. There's so much, you know, up in the air. Well, I was wondering, do you sort of have an arc for your main characters thought out for future titles? Or do you just do it by the seat of your pants, depending on what you're writing at the moment? And also, for the record, I want to know mm-hmm. your opinion. Is Sully good enough for Lindsay? <laughs> um... I think he is. I think he's a solid foil. And I think he's one of those characters he's going to get, you know, stronger. And hit. Like, because, uh, not to give anything away, I don't even know where I am, but the the buddy sleuth thing I had going for a while um, between her and the children's librarian, the children's librarian is getting married, having kids. Her life's changing. She's not going to put herself at risk when she's pregnant or has a, a small child. That never made sense to me. And Lindsay and Sully are probably probably going to go forward and get married. Never know. Because <laughs> you never know. Or if someone else comes along, you never know. But um, I like the idea of kind of a, a spousal partnership. I like that idea. I don't know if that's where we're going. Because weirdly, the character arcs for me always are a surprise. I plot out every single book pretty... Um, Tightly, like I work off a 10 to 15 page outline for every book, so I know exactly what's going to happen. I just don't know exactly how. But for the characters themselves, they kind of surprise me. I don't really know where they're going in their life. So we'll see. That's okay. a really good question. <laughs> well, I have to ask, who comes up with your titles? Um, it's kind of...
kind of a collaborative effort. Uh, and the ultimate uh, weigh-in is usually sales and marketing. For example, when I was doing the Cupcake series, I had it set against a zombie walk because I had just done one and it was like way fun. And I thought, this is definitely where someone dies. Because <laughs> why not? And um, my agent at the time came up with a brilliant title. She said, I have it, The Baking Dead. The Baking Dead? <laughs> right? I like that. And we were like, oh, my God, that's brilliant. That's perfect. And then sales and marketing was like, nah, that's That seems really a little too – I was going to say, that seems a little too harsh for a cozy mystery. <laughs> <laughs> well, you would be well at sales and marketing because they were like, no. <laughs> yeah. You, you, know, you need to be cuter than that. Yeah, you could have I said, like, frosted to death, but, you know. <laughs> right, right. Well, that's what they wanted. They're like, the hook is yeah. like, you know, the cupcake. So they, I think they finally gave in on um, dark chocolate demise, so that was pretty good. Yeah. Remember. Yeah, so sales and marketing. You can come up with a million, but sales and marketing will be the people who decide in the end. It's always sales and marketing. but It's always sales and marketing, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. God bless them because they sell the stuff. <laughs> that's true. true. They market yes. it and they've got to sell it. You just collect the checks, but you've got to write exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah, you're kind of yeah. Yeah, as an you're, you're kind of an like important really cog in this piece. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're the content so. cog, yeah. <laughs> so, Jen, where's the best place for people to find everything out about you? Uh, probably the website. It's uh, just jenmckinley.com. Pretty straightforward. I try to keep it as up-to-date as possible. So events and newsletters and all that stuff is on there. Mm-hmm. Do you do a and lot of uh, signings? I sign, um, yeah, I was going to say no, not really, but then I'm looking at the next year, and it's like, yeah, yeah, there's a, those will all be listed on the webpage, but you can always buy um, my local, I'm fortunate that I have a mystery, one of the best mystery um, bookstores in the country called The Poison Pen, and I literally oh. live down the street from them, so they always oh, have signs. in Arizona. Books. Yeah, 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 and I just go over and, and sign. Like, they'll call me, hey, we got books you need to sign. Okay, I'm coming. So, <laughs> and then I do signings there, and... Uh, and I go to all the conferences and stuff, so, mm-hmm. you know, getting what, out there. So, so one quick question, now, and of course, you can find out all your social media through your website, right? They can follow all your mm-hmm. stuff through there. Yeah. yeah, there's all the links and stuff. So, so, so one quick question. When you go to these conferences and you go out, have you had any fan moments where you were the fan and met an author that you had not met and it was like you were freaking out? Oh, absolutely. Like, um, who was it? Who, who, was your, who was your big fan moment? It was one of my very first conferences, and I went specifically to meet her, and it was, um, her real name is Barbara Mertz, but she writes under Elizabeth Peters, or she did, she's passed away since, but I went because I knew she was getting up there, so I pretty much, you know, stalked her, I charged her. (laughs) Yeah, 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 Amelia Peabody. Mm -hmm. Egypt, I was reading those when I was in junior high. I mean, it's probably the reason I became a mystery author. So when I finally got up to talk to her, I couldn't talk. I just stood there like an idiot. And then finally I kind of sobbed out, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) And she was so gracious because she was very frail and, you know, was walking with assistance. And she just reached out and grabbed my hand and she said, no, thank you. And then I just lost it completely. (laughs) Oh, that was nice. (laughs) Yeah, that was my best moment. (laughs) Cool. Well, Jen, we want to thank you so much for being on. It has been a pleasure to speak with you. Congratulations, and good luck on the book, Word to the Wise, out in September. Again, you can find it wherever you want to find it. Uh, And then what's the other one that's coming out later in the year? Uh, The Christmas Keeper. 
the Christmas season. And that's season. out in November, I think. In November. So September, November, you got a lot of Jen McKinley out there. Yeah, Absolutely. try to escape me. Good luck. <laughs> nice. All right, Jen, thank, thank you, you so much. Thank we appreciate John. it. Thank you so I much. I do, too. Thank you. Great talking to you. All right, bye-bye. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye.